Hello and welcome to this NLive's Open for Business podcast platform. My name is Adrian Price, the guy from the university, as I keep saying, with the perfect face for radio. And I host a show every Tuesday from 7 to 9 p.m. called Open for Business. Open for Business celebrates the very best of business in Northampton and Northamptonshire and brings together business, civic, charity and indeed academic leaders to talk about the business environment, to talk about initiatives and projects, especially where, they're, where they are all working together for the good of the community. So enjoy these extended interviews on this podcast. They're now set up as a standalone for you to savour and uh, to learn from some of the movers and shakers in the county. Enjoy. Well, continuing with the international theme today, I'm delighted to welcome somebody that I last met, goodness me, probably in 1990 when we were studying together in Barcelona and just finishing our MBA. Now, talking about international, this gentleman is uh, very international. Um, no surprise that he's Dutch, who are a very outward facing, outgoing um, country, a uh, nation. Um, Frank Dehaan is the managing partner of DHB and Associates in Barcelona. He married a Spaniard. He's lived and worked around the world. Um, he speaks six languages. I don't know how much more multicultural, more international you can get, Frank, but welcome to the show. Thanks very much. And um, have you stayed in Barcelona since I last met you or have you sort of done some travels in between? No, we thanks, uh, Adrian, first of all, for having me. Uh, no, we moved actually quite a bit of around. Uh, around. We, we started out in uh, Barcelona. My wife is Spanish or Catalan, as she would, uh, would uh, define it. And then we moved around the world. We went to China. We were there from 98 to 2000. So that was still a very different China then. Then we went to Switzerland, uh, working a lot in Germany. And then I moved back to, to Spain, but to the Alicante area which is a very different uh, part of Spain. Spain, uh, as you know, is very different in the different parts of Spain. It has very different cultures and customs. Mm. And finally, we went one year to the US before moving back to Barcelona. Okay, so what's the allure of Barcelona other than the fact that it's your wife's uh, home city? Barcelona is and remains a fantastic city. It is big enough to have everybody, everything which you want from a city. And it's small enough to still remain manageable and not become unmanageable like, uh, like traffics you can have in London or in Paris. Mm. It is a great city, that's for sure. And we had past two excellent years there. Um, in that time you've been traveling around the world then, you've got four children, yes? Yes, that's correct. And they were all born in different parts of the world, but what, you know, what nationality do they identify with? Mostly with Catalan, I would say, even though that is not a real official nationality yet. And then after that, with Dutch, I think. Yeah. And do they speak as many languages as you do? Uh, well, the, I never teach them properly Dutch which is a strange thing uh, Dutch fathers tend to do. Uh, but uh, apart from that, they, they also cover quite a bit. Yeah, I can imagine. So tell me then, traveling around the world, living and working around the world, not just traveling, but living and uh, working around the world, you know, what sort of, um, what have been the highlights or the key lessons that you've uh, learned over the years? I think it's very interesting to live around the world because you can travel whatever you want uh, for business or for pleasure. 
and you get an impression of a country, but once you really go and live there, you start to understand it. I lived in China and I still uh, have a good feeling for how Chinese people think and, and work. I lived in, uh, in the US and that finally, I had done a lot of business before that in the US, but living there for one year, just participating in the whole system uh, makes you understand the country on a different level. And what, what, you know, are, are people generally the same around the world or are there differences? And have you got any sort of anecdotes or stories where, you know, those differences have come into sharp relief? No, people are very, very different. I think, um, look, many of the, the, the standard ideas that we have uh, do apply. I mean, in China, it's very important for people to let the people keep their face on all level. Mm. Uh, the US is a whole different story. Europe is very different. Uh, mm. It's very different. Yeah. And what would you give, you know, to teach your younger self uh, about working and living around the world? If you were if you were 20 now, your kids sort of what advice do you give to them about uh, making them ready to travel and work? Be open, be yourself. Yes, because in a way, uh, people are always people, but be alert to a little bit to to these differences. Also, don't make too make big a point of it. Just be yourself, but be uh, aware of this. Yeah. And you will have a good time. And appreciate difference, right? Celebrate difference. Enjoy the difference, I think, is a is a key message for youngsters, yes? Yes, absolutely agree. Enjoy it, notice it, and, and pay attention to it. That there are differences, but that at the end of the day, we are all the same. Indeed. Right. So your career, you were originally a mining and petroleum engineer. First degree. Yep, I changed direction of that uh, with doing an MBA in uh, in ESE, mm -hmm. going more into the commercial side and more or less always stayed in the international commercial side of business, combined with quite a bit startup activity within corporate environments. So helping to start up uh, the first group I work up in the UK, in Germany, in China. Uh, then uh, when they took over a major company in Switzerland, uh, worked quite a bit of integrating that company with the group mm -hmm. and then went on to somewhat uh, other uh, businesses. So what do you think the, you know, what did the MBA do for you or give to you? I think for me as an engineer, it gave me a complete different way of thinking, a very complementary uh, way of thinking. As an engineer, I was more data-driven, more, uh, more uh, analytical. Uh, I think especially, and I think also the case method kind of MBA um, makes you take a more whole holistic look at business problems. Mm. Okay, so yeah, I think it's true for me too. It does change the way you think. So for any of our students that are listening, um, you know, these are wise words indeed. Um, it's a great tool, isn't it, for cross, as you say, cross training you or preparing you for a change of industry or even a change of role. And in your case, quite interesting from engineering to uh, to commercial. And that's quite a big leap, I would think. Yes, but uh, yeah, it was uh, when I was uh, doing engineering, I had the feeling that I uh, 
I, I wanted to go there, uh, more the, the business, the management side of, of business. Yeah. So one of the best things I could do was to take that MBA and complement my engineering studies. And I'm still very happy with my engineering studies because it helps me a lot to have a look at uh, different problems and look at a lot of data. And uh, it's, as I said, it's very complementary one of each other. Indeed. So what are you doing now, Frank? Tell us about your current sort of role, DHB and Associates. Yes, uh, this is really a little bit me transitioning to become an independent uh, professional or even an entrepreneur. What we are doing now is taking certain tasks which have to be done for businesses, but which businesses sometimes in certain uh, circumstances can better outsource. For example, we are working for one major bathroom uh, manufacturer in, uh, in Europe uh, and setting up their, uh, their Spanish sales subsidiary for them. The potential of the Spanish market is probably too small for them to really put, go into setting up a subsidiary of their own. But as we can do it on a more shared time approach, just like any other professional services, uh, we can make it work for them and with the same level of professionality as they would have if they would have their own fully owned uh, subsidiary. Okay, so DHB is yours. Uh, don't, I'm interested where the DHB come from then, because they have no relation to your initials, no? Yes, it does, because my family name becomes, for my children at least, the Han Bosque. Because, as you know, in Spain, they take the others. So it's the, I hope it will become the family holding. <laughs> okay, yes, I like, now I see it, Dehan Bosk. I like it, indeed. Um, so you've traveled and lived around the world. Are you focusing your, your you know, business now um, in a certain geographic area, or are you still willing to get on a plane and fly around the world? I would be happy to do shorter stints across the world. One of the other areas I'm always active for and open for is, for example, interim management. I have managed a lot of subsidiaries in, uh, in my life, commercial subsidiaries. So if there is ever anybody who has one to turn around in the US or China, I would happily go three, six, nine months, whatever is needed to do that there. Mm -hmm. But I search to keep my base in, uh, in beautiful Barcelona. Indeed. When did you set the business up? Just, well, I started to think like that about five years ago uh, to, to work more independently. Then a job turned up in the Middle East. Actually, we didn't uh, mention that before. Uh, and I worked two years in the Middle East. But then, as I said, uh, came a little bit that point where I said, I want to keep the base more in, near Barcelona, where the children are already also uh, keeping their base and uh, be a bit closer to the family. Yeah, indeed. By the way, where in China did you, did you live? Uh, we were living in Guangzhou at the time. Uh, China was a very, very different place then than it is now. Uh, some of the parts I... Uh, uh, I, I went back a couple of years ago and I don't even recognize them back. I really have to look twice to understand where we are exactly. Mm. But we lived in Guangzhou in, and I worked in Foshan. Okay. Guangzhou is um, across the Pearl Delta from Hong Kong, right? Right in the south of China there. And one of the great trading hotspots, I must say. I think Guangzhou has something like 5% of the population 
uh, no, 5% of the land, 10% of the population and 20% of the economy, if I remember something like that. Yeah, no, I mean, the dimensions in China are always incredible. I don't know you know what is the population now of a province like Guangdong, of which Guangzhou is the capital, but I think even at that time, it was already above 200 million. <laughs> and uh, the output of something like, like Guangdong province and Guangzhou capital of that province is, is tremendous. You have towns there like... Uh, like Foshan will have a ceramic industry, which is probably bigger than we have in Italy and Spain together. Mm. Yeah, the numbers are quite uh, mind boggling, actually, from that place. Now, what do you think then when you see all the geopolitics going on? You know, international business operates in a geopolitical environment, right? And there are some, t some tensions, globalization has gone you know, into reverse. What's your you know, view of the sort of short to medium term future for international trading? Well, I think we're seeing actually a healthy development. We have seen a trend where we have very much outsourced all manufacturing to China. And we now see something that like if that is coming back to Europe and this whole industry 4.0 uh, seems to make it possible that manufacturer comes back to Europe again and even in a, with a higher value added. And I think that's great because I think any of our economies need a part of their, their economy in, in, in all the three uh, parts of it. Uh, also industry. It's not feasible that manufacturing only happens in China. Yeah. So when you say Industry 4.0, you mean what? Robotics and artificial intelligence and all those things, because they cost the same whether you install them in, in China or Vietnam or in Spain, right? Yeah, exactly. And also this tendency where you want to have uh, maybe less goods. We are willing to uh, pay a slightly higher price uh, for a more personalized product. So I think that is a very good occasion to get everything a little bit closer back home mm. and to balance out uh, the blocks. What do you think about China's um, current sort of posture and policies? Well, I think uh, we have allowed uh, China a lot of leeway in the last 30 years, and they have done a fantastically good thing with them with it because they have taken, I don't know how many, how many hundred million out of poverty. So we have allowed them a lot of leeway. And now I know that Trump is not a very popular guy in general, but at least he saw what had to be done. And had the, the Chinese were uh, not allowing an even playing field because they had access to our markets, but we don't have the same access to their markets. And I think that is important that we now make the playing uh, field even. If they want access to our markets, then we should have a similar access to their markets. Well, that's very well uh, put, very delicately put. But you see a polarization now between a sort of a Western system around the US and, and, and China basically developing its own ecosystem, right? It has its own uh, Asian infrastructure investment bank. It's got, um, you know, it's create the same sort of institutions that the West has, but in its sphere of influence, which is obviously Asia, Southeast Asia. And not to forget about the influence they are trying to gain in, in Africa, in Africa, of course. Yeah. Um, yes, I think that is not positive. I think uh, the Western world 
and I think it would be good if Europe and the US would work closely together because otherwise we don't add up to be sufficient. Mm. Um, uh, should engage more positively with China. Uh, it shouldn't go back to a Cold War kind of uh, situation as we used to have in the 50s and the 60s. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right indeed. We must be careful with the politics that uh, it is engagement and try to work with because whether we like it or not, as you say, China has has reached out around the world and owns many assets, right? Mineral assets, all sorts. Um, just to change tack a little bit then, of all the places you've lived, other than Barcelona and your hometown, where have you most enjoyed living? Mm, I, yeah, I liked each and every one of them. It was absolutely fascinating, as I said, to get to know those countries from the inside. But I think the US is still a brilliant place to live. Okay. That's very positive. That will please a lot of our American friends. Um, how about the family? Did they, you know? Did they enjoy going around the world uh, as much as you? Did they? Did they take it positively and make the most out of all the opportunities? Yes, I think uh, they enjoyed it as well. Uh, you have a little bit, and moving around for the children is a little bit uh, more difficult because some of the friendships get interrupted. And some of the, the bonding, uh, bonding you do, it gets interrupted. Although mm. nowadays with technology, some of those uh, bonds stay existing uh, for a very long time. It's sometimes funny to hear one of the children uh, commenting on uh, one of the friends he met uh, now almost eight years ago in the US. Mm. Yeah. Well, no, but that's that's positive, and I guess they can still keep in touch, right? Because of all the tools that uh, digital natives can enjoy. Yeah, exactly. For them, is sometimes they they can comment on uh, on a friendship which they had uh, 10, 15 years ago, uh, and they haven't seen uh, physically for a very long time, as if it is uh, yesterday. Indeed. Now, looking at DHMB Associates, then. Um, I presume that, you know, you've got your expertise in certain sectors, certain functions. Um, where are the growth opportunities for, for DHB, for Frank de Haan? What are you going to be sort of focusing on? Or do you just wait for the, for the opportunities to, for people to ring you? Or are you actively looking in certain countries or certain industries? Well, uh, I like to, uh, there are three markets which I like to work in and I've worked in uh, with my career over, over my career which is Germany, Spain, and the Netherlands, of course. So I focus on those three markets and then on whatever industry they allow me to. Unfortunately, we have this custom that uh, we very narrowly, narrowly categorize people. And I am categorized in uh, building materials and uh, bathroom, uh, bathroom industry, which is true. Uh, I know a lot about, but... Uh, so that's the realistic thing I have to live with. Okay. But building materials and bathroom industry. Okay, so if anybody of the listeners is looking to do business in building materials and bathroom industry, in particular in Germany, Netherlands or Spain, um, Frank, somebody to contact. Frank, how do people get in touch with you? I've got here your website open, uh, dhbandassociates.com, yes? Yes, that's correct. Or you can fire very easily, find me on LinkedIn, Frank uh, Dehaan, put it into LinkedIn and most probably I will pop up. Okay. 
So going back to those, uh, gosh, how many years ago? When did we study? Was it 1888 to 1890 or was it 1988 to 1990? But uh, those two years well, in Barcelona. Not so old yet, uh, Adrian. <laughs> Well, those two wonderful years in Barcelona, and hopefully we'll, uh, we must make sure this uh, interview goes to some of our colleagues there because we've all got back in touch, right? So there's one of our friends, Dario, has put, brought together the group. But um, any, any thoughts, you know, key messages you'd like to give to any of our listeners, wherever they are in the world, and in particular, perhaps to some of our YESA colleagues? Yes, well, I think the the MBA experience is, uh, especially for me, has been a very positive uh, positive experience. Since then, however, it has grown tremendously, and I think nowadays everybody really should ask himself. Uh, and there has been a lot more possibilities uh, also to to do that kind of engineer that kind of studies. Mm. So everybody really would have a good look what fits him and what do you want to achieve with that. And yeah, it's fun. Uh, it's a fun experience because what is funny about it is it's just like working in a company. It's very intense. And even you and I, uh, 30 years after, uh, after having done that experience, we pick up the conversation as if it was yesterday, no? Yes, I think that's one of the great things, isn't it? The depth of the relationships that you forged from a time of, uh, it is hard work, it was very intense. We were lucky to be in a great city, of course, but I think those friendships are lasting and enduring and it is great to be back in touch with everybody. So Frank, thank you so much for giving of your time to come and talk to us and share just some of the insights from your very rich and rewarding career, no doubt, around the world. Um, really great to catch up with you. Uh, keep safe, keep well, and keep up the good work. Good luck with DHB Associates. Thanks very much, Adrian. A ple real pleasure. And uh, yes, I hope it will be interesting for our listeners. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed that interview. There are plenty more here on the podcast platform. And of course, you can always listen on uh, live on Tuesday evenings from 7 to 9 p.m. on NLive Radio 106.9 FM or digitally via nliveradio.com. Um, if you'd like to know more about the radio station, please do look at nliveradio.com. And um, we're always looking for support from the community and further afield. So if you'd like to support us, please go to nliveradio.com slash support us. So until next time, thank you very much again for listening.